Now, it's my privilege to introduce this morning's speaker, not a, not a guest, but a part of our team here. Michelle Deves, as she comes and ministers the word to us, we love her so much. do something with me would you just um put your hands out like this you can sit stand whatever you want to do but I just uh hmm. I feel the closeness of the father I feel the presence of the son Jesus I feel the comfort and the fire of his spirit Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy in this place. Holy Spirit, I just release you to do all that is on your heart to do today. Jesus, I thank you that you have put your words in my mouth. I thank you that the songs that we sing are the melody of your heart, the melody and the reflection of the atmosphere in your kingdom and in your presence. But we just take this moment to lock eyes with you and you alone. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your fire. Thank you for your love. Thank you for you. (laughs) That there is no space between us. In your most wonderful name, your most wonderful name, a name that is even too wonderful (laughs) to even say, we give you praise. Amen. Isn't he good? So good. Wow. Well, I will tell you, I don't know why... um, I don't know if Ryan experiences this or Dave or anyone else who speaks on a regular basis. You know, you're preparing, you're thinking, you're meditating, you're listening. And at midnight, the Lord's like, scratch this. I got that covered. Thank you, Mark. (laughs) In worship... This morning, I was literally hearing the same whispers, the same essence of the Father as I've been preparing. And so I know that what the Lord has for us today is timely. I know that it's a word for this house, but it's also a word for the body of Christ. And it's not a word that necessarily... um, is something you haven't heard, but it will bring a shift if you let it. Amen? If you take what the Lord is bringing to the house today, and you allow it to shift your thinking, if you actually take it as a tool and allow it to mold you and ignite you, you will see the very change that you have been crying out for and asking God for. Amen? Because it takes you. I have a hard time sometimes singing that song, God, we need a move. I, I cannot literally sing that song without saying, you have moved and now I am moving. We are the move of God. He's already done it. Jesus declared it on the cross. It is finished. 
We are the move. We are the move of passion. We are the move of the prophetic. We are the move of intimacy. We are the move of the tangible word of God. We are his flesh and his bones. We are his blood. We are his expression and his reflection. And nothing less. Amen? Amen. It is such a truly beautiful time of year. Mark, when you said earlier, uh, set apart, that hit me and I just I just this melody of just set apart I'm not a singer but I just want to sing this set apart we've been set apart for you We are your set-apart ones. We're set-apart, set-apart, set-apart for you. Jesus, thank you. That sounds so much better in the shower, let me just tell you. Amen. It is a beautiful time of year. And we are set apart. We are the set apart ones because we have been redeemed by the set apart one. Amen. I love this time of year because the weather changes. We get to get wet. It's so romantic. But I will tell you this. I like to be inside and warm. Right? When it's pouring down rain. Right? I don't want to be outside. I want to be inside. So though I love the colder weather, give me a blanket, give me a good jacket. Last weekend, knowing it was going to rain this weekend and there was so much going on, um, I got up early and I decided that I was going to repot most of my houseplants. Not because they needed it. Hear, Hear me out. Not because they needed it. And I think I have like 35, I don't know, 35 houseplants, something like that. I'm not a hoarder. When it comes to plants, it's not hoarding. I would just tell you that right now, okay? When it comes to plants, you're not a hoarder. You love nature. It's Jumanji, (laughs) yes. So I decided to get up early and um, repot most of my house plants. I have a huge fiddle leaf tree. I mean, literally, this thing is, it's huge. And uh, he is my pride and joy. But he needed to be in a bigger pot, and he was making room for the Christmas tree, right? Got to move him upstairs. But the reason why I decided that all these pots, these plants needed to be repotted wasn't because they needed it. It was because I needed it. Anyone? Where you do the thing you have to do not because it needs it, but because whether, I mean, it could be cleaning your house. Your house is already clean, honey. What are you doing? Put the dust rag down. Put the vacuum cleaner away. We can still see the lines from last week, right? You do it because you need it. I was was at a place last weekend and in this, this last season where I said yes to things that I know are good. I know are God's heart. I know they're a part of my call. They're a part of what I'm in my tool belt, But sometimes if you say yes to too many things, you start feeling a little weighed down, right? (laughs) And so I was just feeling like a little overwhelmed. And I was praying and asking the Lord, what do I do? And he gave me some direction. I did not like that direction because it made me feel like um, a failure. It made me feel like I had messed up somehow. And the father was like, go go repot because that's where I'm going to talk to you. You know, when you have your hands in the soil, (laughs) when you're getting dirty, your mind goes to places that it needs to so you can hear clearly what Papa's trying to say. What the mother heart of God is trying to nurture you in through his spirit. What your brother and your savior and your closest friend, Jesus, has been whispering to you, but you're too Busy moving forward, building, taking territory. 
to stop and sit on the bench and listen. Guilty. Confession. Guilty. I needed to see, and the Father needed to show me that growth happens first in the dark places, in the soil. He needed to show me that though I didn't see what I wanted to see on the horizon and above the, above the ground, that he was actually doing an incredible work in the soil. And as I'm taking these plants out and I'm looking at their roots, some of the roots weren't healthy. I'm washing them off. I'm trimming them up, treating them with some warm water. Those of you that are plant mamas and daddies understand what I'm saying. It was very nurturing, But I was being nurtured, and I was recognizing how much growth is actually taking place in these little plants, these big, giant fiddle-leaf trees. And the Father began to speak to me about this whole process, where I'm at in my life, where we are here at the mission There's a reason why I love vegetation plants so much. There's a reason why I'm so drawn to nature. He created me that way. He created you with a passion for the things that you love. You are naturally drawn to something because he knit that in you. Because he wants to share that with you. Because it's something he's passionate about. Whether it's dirt bike. Anybody here love to go dirt bike riding? Yep. Yep. Whether it's dirt bikes. Whether it's knitting. Whether it's hiking. Whether it's sitting at the ocean. Whether it's... Yep. Legos. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. He gave that to you to share with you. To speak to you through that very medium, that very thing. I love sitting and looking at the plants. I could sit and look at them all day. I don't, but I could. I very much could. The, the, the greens, the yellows, the whites, all of those things intertwine together just perfectly and yet so randomly perfect. Right? It's the beauty of nature. It doesn't make sense, but it's perfect in all its ways. Like its creator. This is another reason why I love Christmas. We get to have a tree in our house. Do you know how awesome that is? To have a tree in your house? I mean, I've watched those those, um, homes where they're built around a tree, and I'm just like, that would be amazing. But then you think about the insects and all the other things that come with living trees, you know. But on TV, it looks amazing. In Romans 1.20, it says, For since the creation of the world, you guys know this, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made I want you to look around the room at what has been made. You have been made to reveal his power, his glory, his beauty, and his nature. Amen? To understand what has been made so that people are without excuse. As I was reading this scripture, I felt the Holy Spirit say, we need to begin to pray for our scientists. We need to begin to pray and intercede for our horticulturists, for those that are tilling the land, that are studying nature. Why? Because he wants to reveal himself to them through the very thing that they are passionate about studying. The very questions that they have, he has the answers. He is the answer. But we, the body of Christ, need to partner. 
with the particles of dust that they're studying. With the DNA of God that is present under their microscope. We need to pray that they would have dreams and visions and encounters that they would not be able to be without excuse. Amen? Through the created world, we can know the creator. In fact, fact, he wants to be known by what and through what he has created. He reveals his divine nature through the force and magnitude of a tidal wave. And at the same time, across the meadow through a gentle breeze on a little daisy. Do you feel that? Do you feel the power and the mystery, the strength and the wonder and the peace all in the same moment? Do you know that you carry that same power? that same peace, that same mystery. We are the only created things that were created in his image. Though all of creation reveals who he is, we were created in his likeness. I want you to look around the room again. Sometimes we take advantage of that which we are so familiar with. And sometimes we don't. Amen. One of the most perplexing things in nature to me is the seed. I want you to picture the tiniest seed you've ever seen. I have held a seed in my hand that was so tiny I could barely see it. It looked like a sliver. I don't remember what the seed was for, but it was so tiny it looked like a little splinter in my my hand. Think about that tiniest little seed. And what is so perplexing to me is that tiny little seed is is an embryonic plant enclosed in a protective outer covering. But it also holds the food reserve that that seed needs for germination. Is that not insane? Does that not blow your mind? This is why I absolutely love science. This right here is why science is so important. We didn't create science. God created science because he wants to be revealed through nature. And science is the trying. Is man trying to understand? We're trying to make sense of it. Make sense of that. Go ahead. But what it tells you is that we serve a God. We serve a friend, we serve a father, a creator that is so infinite in his wisdom and his knowledge that he could put within that tiny little seed the capacity to grow a tree. Now, all seeds need the same environment to grow. They need the right temperature, oxygen, air, moisture. And did you know this, that not all seeds need light? I thought for sure they needed light, but there are some seeds that grow best in the darkest of places. They need shade. They need dark. If light comes in, it will actually destroy the process of its germinating. Isn't that crazy? It will grow mold. Blows my mind. The mystery of the seed to me, the mystery of the seed, holds such curiosity, such beauty, such power. And I remember a while back, 
um, the Lord spoke to me about something. And he said, he said, Michelle, the promises and the prophecies that come into your life come in seed form. They come as a seed. I want you to think about that. They come as a seed. They don't come as a full-grown oak or morning glory. The promises that God has spoken over your life come in seed form. But guess what? In order for those promises and those prophecies to germinate and take life and have their full work in you, what do they need? They need an environment that is going to be the right amount of heat. Some seeds actually need up to 100 Fahrenheit. Holy Jesus. I can tell you times in my life where that seed was what God was working on because it was hot. It was really hot. There are other seeds that need 30 degrees Celsius, 40 to 50 degrees Celsius. Fahrenheit. (laughs) Not Celsius, Fahrenheit. (laughs) That's really hot. (laughs) I'm not... I'm not a teacher here. (laughs) I'm not a science teacher. I'm just curious and fascinated. I want to ask you a question, a couple of questions. How many of you in here have received prophetic words over your life? Okay. How many of you have received promises specifically? So sometimes a prophetic word speaks to your identity. It speaks to direction, speaks to your season. But how many of you have actually received a promise from the Lord? Now out of those, now I'm going to, let me clarify something. A promise doesn't necessarily only come through another person. You've been reading the word of God and studying the word of God and a scripture jumps out at you and you're like, whoa, it was a promise to Abraham. It was a promise to Jacob, to Hannah. But you felt in that moment, the spirit of God was saying, this is for you. Raise your hand. You see, the word of God is living and active. Those prophetic words, those promises spoken over you are living and active. They have the same potential within them as that seed, as that acorn to grow a mighty oak. They have the same potential, those promises and those prophetic words. And the word of God has the same potential. Those seeds have the same potential to completely shift and change your life. Given the right environment. When I was um, 16 years old, you know, I I grew up in a home, and some of you have heard me talk about this uh, before, and I grew up in a home that was very, my father had a mental illness. Um, it, was, it was very crazy. A lot of rage, uncertainty, and then extreme amounts of love and, you know, this kind of thing. But um, it was also religious in the sense that my parents were first-generation Christians. And legalism is what helped them feel safe. You do this, you don't do this, you can't cut your hair, you have to wear a dress. And I was a tomboy, so it was crazy. I always felt like I didn't know who I was, right? Fast forward, parents are divorced. My mom and I are going to this evangelical free church because she's decided that she does need God in her life. And um, this evangelical free church had an amazing pastor, Pastor Terry and Chris Schultz, who were not necessarily evangelical. They were spirit-filled, but God had them on assignment, I believe, just for my mom and I. And 
God had put on their heart to throw me a, 16, a surprise party for my 16th birthday. Okay? Now, my life is a hot mess. I'm 16. I'm not so sure that I even want to identify as a Christian. But I know how to smile. I'm told to go over to their house. They have a gift for me. So my 21-year-old boyfriend and I go over to the house. I think I told him I was 16. I'm not sure. Doesn't matter. So I go and fast forward. They've thrown me a birthday party. It's a surprise. There's kids from my from my youth, kids that I went to church with growing up. I mean, it's literally like, whoa, I was not prepared for this. I wasn't sure if I should be more embarrassed for my 21-year-old boyfriend or for my friends. or It was an awkward moment. But at one point, Pastor Terry pulled me into the living room, and he sat down with me and him and, him and um, Chris's wife. And he began to prophesy over me. Now, I didn't know what prophecy was. To me, it was those weirdos in the Bible that first talked about your sin, the disappointment of God, the destruction of God, and then, oh, by the way, because you, he has covenant with you, he's going to redeem you, and he's going to bring you back into prosperity. But by the time you get to that part of the prophetic word, you're so scared to death, you close the book. Right? Anyone else? I mean, read Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. You're like, okay, prophecy. No, no, thank you. So he sits me down and he says to me, he says, this was the father. The father, God, wants you to know how loved you are, how special you are. He proceeds to prophesy over me about my destiny, my call as a daughter of God, as a woman of influence that I would impact nations, that I would impact families, that I would, like, stuff I'm like, what in the world? Who is he talking to? I'm 16. Don't know that I want to be a Christian. Okay? I mean, let's just be real. But the seeds that he planted in me that day, they had to go to a very, very dark place. For a long time. But those seeds. Served me well. My whole. From that time on. Though there was no impact immediately. I was profoundly impacted. Over time. Those seeds stirred up in me. Desperation. Curiosity, a sense of wonder. The power of the prophetic to shift and change a life is not simply for a prophetic team. It is for every believer who is a son and daughter of God. I am telling you today, if you are a believer, you have a call on your life to impact others through a prophetic word of encouragement, through edifying, through building them up. It is not for the prophet. The prophet is called to train and equip. But the children of God, the sons and daughters of God, the body of Christ, anybody here? All of y'all. We are called to lean into the heart of the Father on behalf of someone else. We are commissioned and called to bring that which is invisible into the tangible. Not only is it our right and our inheritance, but it's what we've been commissioned to do as children of God. And this house, the mission, our very bedrock is the prophetic. Is prayer and intercession. 
is the mission field. That is our bedrock. When you walk onto this property, you are literally touching the lives and generations of all those that have come to pass. And you are walking in the anointing and inheritance that has been deposited here. Know where you walk. Know where you are. And draw from the soil. Draw from the water. Draw from it because it is here. It is rising and it is available for you. Holy Jesus. None of us. None of us escape the call to impact lives. We are all called. We are all called. Paul says, <laughs> if you read 1 Corinthians, I think it's like 12 to 14, Paul actually is calling out some of the believers and he's, he's teaching them. He's saying, I love that you have, that you stir up the gifts. The gifts of God are, are, are important. He said, I love that you can speak in tongues. I would that you all speak in tongues, Amen. right? Because when you speak in tongues, you're speaking to the father. No one else benefits from that, but you do. And that's a good thing. We need to do that. But then he goes on to say, (laughs) he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them, but he's not saying that's bad. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies... Now, who is called to prophesy? Raise your hand. Who is called to prophesy? The sons and daughters of God. Now, there is a gift of prophecy, yes. But I'm not talking about that. I am talking about as sons and daughters of God... We hear the voice of our Father, and we intentionally, we intentionally lean in on someone else's behalf. Yep, yep, yep. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Yes, right. The church is not this building. The church is you. Come on, come on. The church is those who are not in these seats yet. The church is those online. He said, I would rather that you prophesy. Now, my message today wasn't going to be an emphasis on prophecy, to be honest with you. But this is where the shift (laughs) took place. And I felt like the Lord was wanting, he's been It's like he's taken a a, a water hose and he's just been spraying us. He's been rinsing us off from the dust, you know. I did this with my fiddle leaf. I took him outside. He's huge. He's he's in this new pot. And I just spray down his leaves, right? He looks good. But guess what you have to do? You have to shake him. You got to shake him. Why? Because in in nature, in the natural world, they experience wind. We need to have wind in our lives. We need to have things that shake us up, that make us go, whoa. Wow, that's challenging my mindset. That's challenging my comfort zone. I'm not so sure I want to believe that. I had to shake this fiddle leaf tree, and and I kept hearing harder, harder. And I was like, no, harder. I'm trusting the voice of the gardener. Who knows what the fiddle leaf tree needs? And he said, harder. And my mercy and grace gift and my nurture is like, no, I don't want to hurt the leaves. He's like, harder. What I didn't understand is he was actually calling me to do a prophetic act. The Lord is shaking you in your life right now. He is shaking your mindsets. He's shaking your complacency. 
He's shaking your relationships. I've heard people say, um, I, I need more community. I don't know where I fit in. That's a good thing to recognize that you need. I don't need another Bible study. I want fellowship. Well, what does fellowship mean? It means that you get up and you go hang out with people. And I'm telling you that the Lord, (laughs) it is time for you to not, for us, because I'm in this, to not sit back and go, I would really like to see this happen. Why don't we do this? Why isn't there more of this? And it's time for us to get up and go, how can I be a part of making that happen? What is my responsibility in the body of Christ to encourage, edify, and build up? If the word of God is living and active, then it is living and active through me because I am living and active. Amen? So what does it look like in your life to get shaken? So that the dust and the complacency and all the things that have settled in the last few years, because we have become so comfortable sitting back and letting someone else engage, letting someone else create, letting someone else invest and then invite me to it. The words I'm thinking right now, I will not say, (laughs) except that I say this to myself. Oh, hell no. I say that. I say that as a mother. I say that as a wife. I say that as a leader. Not on my watch. What do you say on your watch? Jesus. I want to I give you some keys really quick. What to do when you have prophetic words spoken over your life. Promises. And you're like, why has this not happened? You know, the word talks about um, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Anyone not see something come to pass? Anyone contending and waiting for the thing that God said and you haven't seen it happen? So those words, remember, are promises. Those, Those promises, those prophetic words are seeds. They need the right temperature. Are you allowing God to turn up the heat In your life? Are you allowing him to put you in places that are uncomfortable? To stretch you in relationships that you wouldn't normally be drawn to? Are you allowing the Lord to bring living, refreshing water and oxygen from other people? Or are you isolating yourself? Oh, it's just me and God. We got this. I don't need church. I don't need the body. Now, all y'all are here. So it's almost like preaching to the choir. But I know I'm here, and I have felt that many times. Oh, I think... I can be late today because I'm not serving. Worship is awesome. I'll watch it on my phone. And then I miss out of being in the environment where the root system is nurturing and watering each other because of what's happening in the room. Do you know that we are rooted in him together? I am not apart from you. I am with you, rooted established with you. If I am in Christ and you are in Christ and we are one, then guess what? We are rooted in one another. We need one another. I need the living water that is flowing through your root system. And you need the living water that is flowing through mine.
Speaking of living water. Thirsty now, right? <laughs> when you have promises spoken over your life, there's a couple of things you need to do. First of all, you've got to understand what type of promise that is. What type of seed is that? Is this promise, is this seed an absolute promise where God is saying like he did to Abraham, like he did to Jacob? Where he said, I will bless you, I will increase you, I will not leave you. Everything is in his court. This is an absolute promise of God. That's a seed that actually grows in the dark. I will tell you right now, the absolute promises of God, just like seeds that take time. Do you know there are some seeds that they take maybe five to six weeks and others It takes up to 20 to 25 weeks for it to begin to germinate. I want you to think about the things in your life that you feel like, what is taking so long? Is it an absolute promise of God? Where he's saying, I've got this. But guess what? Even with the absolute promise of God, we have a position of partnership. There is an environment of faith. I must align my thinking with faith in in Christ. Without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. Right? So the very, we need in, in the environment that your prophetic promises need faith. Alignment. How am I thinking about God? Am I thinking, okay, God, you've made this promise, but, you know, you haven't done it yet? Did you really mean it? Are your thoughts nurturing this seed in faith? What is the environment that your promises, that your prophetic words, that your dreams and desires are sitting in? I want you to think about it. What's the environment that you are creating for the word of God in your life? Faith. I'm going to align my thinking. When I think about this, I will praise God. God, I thank you that you have said there is prosperity coming. There is healing coming. Relationships restored. Salvation for my family. You have said this. That is an environment of faith. That's aligning our thinking. That's the first step. Align your thoughts. What is the second thing that we need in this environment? Agreement. Agreement comes with my words. Alignment comes with my thinking, my mindsets. I'm going to allow the shaking of God to change the way I think. My alignment means now, because I'm thinking the way God thinks, I'm going to speak what he's saying. I'm going to speak words of faith, words of hope, words of encouragement. I'm not going to be so concerned about me getting a word. I'm going to look at who I can encourage because I know God's got this. I'm going to look to see who I can be a part of breathing life into. I'm going to be other focused. Yeah. In my secret place. Ooh, yes. It's all about me. It's all about my family. But when I come out of my secret place, I'm going to be other focused. And thirdly, in the environment that your prophetic words, the word of God, the promises, these seeds that have been planted in your life need is appropriation. Appropriation is saying this, because I am now thinking with a new mindset. I'm now thinking with a new way. I'm looking to see a new thing. I'm aligning myself with what God thinks, feels, says, his heart. I'm speaking those words that align with that. So when you talk with me, you are hearing words of agreement and faith. 
Now, that doesn't mean that I don't get discouraged. I can't stand it when we just have to be positive all the time because, come on, guys, that's just not real. But I may start in this place of I'm having a hard time, I'm struggling, and move to this place. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for being with me. I know God is going to do something. I know he's on the move because I know that he's faithful. But if we just start with, oh, God's good all the time. But inside, that environment says something very different. I am not congruent. And that seed is not germinating well. It's not germinating well. Here's the thing, guys. We have to be willing to sit with people in their story. We have to be willing to sit across from someone and listen to their suffering, listen to their testimony, listen to where they're at. Why? Because that's the beginning of healing. There is neurologically something that happens in our brain when someone sits and listens to us. Or when we sit and listen to them, there's the eye gaze. We're hearing their story. We're holding what is dear, precious, vulnerable in their life. And that is when healing can begin. Church, we have to shift the way we think about healing and wholeness. It starts with holding their story, holding where they're at, honoring the pain, honoring the process. Because that's the beginning of healing for you and for them. That was a side note. (laughs) Agreement, alignment, and appropriation. My steps, the things that I'm going to do in my life align with the word of God. If he has said that my family is to be prosperous, then guess what? I'm going to be generous. My appropriation is generosity and being wise with my finances and being obedient. If God has spoken to you about something in particular, whatever it is, what are the action steps that you can take today that say, God, I'm I'm taking you at your word. This isn't causative. This is partnership. Your actions are not causing God to go, oh, yeah, that's right. That was an absolute promise. I'm on it. Sorry. I I forgot about that. No. In everything that he's doing, he's inviting us to partner. Even with his absolute promise, Abraham had to partner. Isaac had to partner. Jacob had to partner. They had to position themselves. They changed the way they thought. They changed the way they spoke. They positioned themselves to receive What God had for them. I want you to think about what you can do in this season that positions you for 2023. I'm already in 2024. (laughs) What can you do in this season that positions you to take action in 2023 that you did not this year because you were afraid? Because you felt like, ah, I just don't know if that's God or not. I just don't know. You're waiting on him, but he's waiting for you. If you're lacking relationships, be a friend. What is it that you feel is lacking in your life? What is it that is germinating within you that you find yourself grumbling about? It's okay. It's okay to grumble sometimes. You guys, we can't be afraid of this. Because when you acknowledge you're grumbling about something or you have an issue with something, guess what? We can now take it, bring it up and go, okay, God, what do you want to do? It's when you say, oh, no, everything's fine. Oh, it's great. Oh, yes, I am so blessed. Now, we don't want dump trucks, right? That's hard. Choose wisely who you're vulnerable with. Choose wisely who you share the seeds that God has planted in your life. I am telling you this week, 
I'm giving you homework. I want you to pick one or two people that you are going to share with. Hey, this is something God put on my heart. I haven't told anyone. Or I've told a few people. I had this dream. I had this desire. I had this promise. I don't understand all of it. I don't know what to do with it. It is in this process, you guys, that we are creating an environment that is healthy. You're bringing people in. It's like you're in the greenhouse. Do you know that some seeds germinate best in a greenhouse where there's lots of others? They need more light. They need the right amount of humidity. So you can't put them in the ground yet. You, you, you have to start them in the greenhouse. Our relationships are the greenhouse of God. Are we just playing it safe? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, there was a lot said. I hope you're in it. (laughs) I know. I know he is. I know he is. Mm. I want you to think right now about... And to just sit. Close your eyes. And picture that very thing, that very seed... Holy Spirit, would you show them where they're at in their growth process? Would you show them what is lacking in the environment for the promised seeds that you've given to them? Would you speak to them clearly? Thank you, Lord. I feel like there's some of you in the room right now where you have let a, you have let seeds um, just die because it's been too long and it's been too painful, and so it's kind of like I don't go to that side of the garden. I don't go to that side of the of the nursery. But I, I hear the breath of God breathing a fresh wind. I sense the oxygen of heaven, the nutrients of faith, of hope, of love, of joy, wanting To envelop that seed. Wanting to bring life back to what you have allowed to die. 